Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. I have to say, it is so incredible to be here with all of you. I mean, to be here as a, a young seminary student in Boston, Massachusetts, and my dad, Roy, who some of you know, has a, quite, a, quite a thick accent. He's from Kentucky, and he doesn't call me Nick. He calls me Nick, and he said, Nick, now you've got to understand, there's this place out in Tulare, and you've never seen anything like it. He said, they've got cows everywhere. And now, I had heard about cows because my grandfather is a, a cattle rancher, and, and, and I drink milk. I love a lot of milk. Um, but I never knew that there was a place where cows ride merry-go-rounds all day. And so to hear about this place was like, almost like a Disneyland for dairy people, right? And I couldn't even believe the things that was, my dad was telling me. Then he said, now, Nick, there's this church, Tulare Community Church, and they love starting churches. They're starting churches everywhere, you know? And so he's getting me really excited because I'm thinking, wow, you know, a lot of churches, I mean, maybe they'll start one or two, but the idea of starting churches everywhere, right, that's a little bit intimidating. And, and he said, you've got to check it out. You've got to check it out. And um, and it wasn't long after that that uh, I did uh, meet Pastor Roger, and um, Pastor Roger is never short on enthusiasm, uh, and he's never short on bad jokes either, but, uh, but he's never short on enthusiasm. And, uh, and, and what's so interesting, when you meet Roger, right, I mean, ever, the first time I met him, I felt like I just need to start laughing, right, because when I'm with him, he's just as contagious in his personality, so I'll see him, and all of a sudden, I'll start looking, I'll start going, ha, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's just going, ha, <laughs> and it's almost like we're having a nitrous oxide or something like that, and, and it's, it's, this, it's something about him, there's this joy that he has, and of course, what it really is, is that Roger, among other things, is crazy about Jesus, I mean, he loves Jesus. He's got to tell everybody about Jesus, right? I mean, we could be at the Tulare Ag Show, and he's got to tell somebody about Jesus right at that moment, like he did last year, but anyway, we won't go into that. And, and, you know, he has this love for the gospel and for the kingdom and to see the churches multiplied, and he, he loves the vision of here at Tulare Community Church to see dozens of churches that are reproducing. And, and so, as he told you, he heard me pray a prayer, and, and apparently God spoke to him. Uh, I was still living in Massachusetts at the time, and I was a seminary student, and, uh, you know, I was, I was studying, and I was very scholarly, and, you know, I was a, a young know-it-all, and, um, and, and I remember Roger had me fly out to San Antonio for an event that the RCA was doing, and, um, you know, I basically told him, he asked me, he said, well, we need to start churches. I want you to start a church in Fresno. God is calling you. You need to do it. And, uh, and I, I, again, I was a smart intellectual person, so I needed to sort of analyze it, read the Greek a little bit in the Hebrew, and see what God was saying. And, uh, and I felt like, um, well, Lord, Roger, I, I need to wait, right? I need to discern what God's will is, and, and I need to listen more. Because uh, you know, a lot of times we think that, right? We think that, that we're supposed to uh, look at God's will as this thing, well, maybe he wants me to, or, or maybe he doesn't, right? God, I don't really know what your will is for your life. But see, Roger's not that way, right? Roger knows God's will. Just like Tulare Community Church knows God's will. It's to make disciples. It's to advance God's kingdom. It's to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ all across the world, right? So Roger knows what that is. And I can remember when he cornered me (laughs) there in San Antonio, and he's like, you know, it's almost like uh, Yoda. There is no try. Do or do not, you know? And so Roger tells me, he says, listen, I need to know, right? Yes or no. There's no maybe. And I can remember standing there just thinking, wow, okay, this guy's pretty serious. And it was almost like at that moment where I just blurted out, yes, of course, right? Yes, of course. I answered the call. And it's incredible. You know, 
sometimes you can be in your walk and you can be in your life and you can feel like, well, I don't, I'm not capable or I'm not able. I don't measure up. But when you get that call from God, which God gives to every one of us, when you get that call from God, right, the answer is always yes. And it's always move forward. And what the most amazing thing is, is that you don't have to be particularly talented or gifted or smart or good looking, right, to answer that call because God qualifies you in that call. And it was there that I knew that God was calling me. And so my wife and I decided to move uh, from Massachusetts uh, back to California uh, to start Sequoia Community Church in the southeastern part of Fresno. And uh, we have been there for the last four years. We are uh, looking to organize this year as a congregation, which is uh, just a testament to God's grace and his miraculous provision. But uh, we are so loving what it is that we're doing there in southeast Fresno. Uh, we're in an area of the city that is 37% Hispanic, 27% Asian, and 27% standard white people. And uh, it's, it's a really diverse area, and it's a wonderful area, and it's an area where there's not a lot of churches, and it's an area where there's a lot of people who don't know Jesus, and therefore it's a perfect area to start a church. You know, God calls us, right, to advance and proclaim his kingdom to the ends of the earth. And he said he will provide us what it is that we need. He said he'll send the Holy Spirit upon us so that we will be his witnesses from Jerusalem to Judea to the ends of the earth. And so we went in and started Sequoia. And one thing that that is interesting about starting Sequoia is that um, evangelism is not really like an optional thing, right? Like, it's not like one of those things where, where you can maybe think about, well, you know, God, do you want me to, to uh, share uh, my faith with those who don't know you, right? You have no choice, right? Because when we moved to Southeast Fresno, we were desperate. <laughs> we didn't know anybody, and we didn't have any relationships. So we, we had to start finding people, right? And so that's part of the reason why evangelism works so well in new churches, because you have no other choice, right? We couldn't have a coffee hour because we had no building, right? (laughs) You know, we couldn't have any other social event because we had nothing. We had to go in and we had to know that God has sent us here to live, speak, and serve as the presence of Christ in our neighborhood, to be witnesses to him, to bring the blessing of God, the transformation of God into our neighborhood. And the beautiful thing is, is that all of that motivation and all of that passion flows out of the vision of Tulare Community Church. This is a remarkable place. Now that I've become ordained in the RCA and I've become more involved in in our denomination and our classes, I I want you to understand something, okay? You, TCC, are pioneers. You're trailblazers. You're leading not only our classes in the Central Valley, but you're leading a denomination. You're leading a movement, a catalyzing movement of multiplication of churches. And what you do here at Tulare is not normal. Right? I grew up in the church and I know what normal church is and I know what not normal church is. This is not normal, right? Okay, this is the kind of place, right, that, that doesn't pray the prayer, my kingdom come. You pray, thy kingdom come. And when you drive down Gem Street and you see signs for five different churches that meet here on this campus, right? And, and that's a normal thing for you. And it's normal to have multiple languages spoken here on campus. That's just, that's just part of what it is that you do. And it's also normal to see hundreds of people reaching and loving beyond just Tulare. When I think about Easter and the 1,500 people that are worshiping because of Tulare Community Church, that's what you have done. That's you answering the call. See, because you understand that the gospel takes us beyond ourselves. 
Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God for salvation, right? Power, right? Not information for salvation, but power of God for salvation, right? And you know that that when we have that power, it does take us beyond ourselves. It does take us beyond our little world. It takes us to something greater and more wonderful and more incredible where we see God do the most amazing things. It's now even reaching beyond California and going into Mexico and even beyond. How is it that God has called us to live a life beyond ourselves? You know, so many people, especially this day and age, want to stay in their own world, right? We're busy. We've got a lot of things going on. We've got a lot of activities. We've got a lot of worries. We've got school. We've got jobs. We've got kids, right? We have a lot of things going on. Our time is limited. So when we talk about going beyond anything else, many of us feel like, hey, I'm just trying to keep, keep above water right now. How is it that the gospel can lead us to live a life that is beyond ourselves the way it happens so beautifully here through TCC? Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, some of you probably know that, that, that 1 Corinthians is, is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to a church in Corinth. Now, they were, they were, they were quite a dynamic church. They had a lot of crazy things happened. They had a lot of weirdos in the church doing weird things. And, and so Paul was giving them a letter to, uh, to kind of rebuke them about, uh, about areas where they've been short. But then he concludes this letter here in uh, chapter 15. And we're going to be looking at verses 12 through 20. And then I'm going to pick it up again at verses 30 through 32. Okay, I hear the flipping, so we're still finding it. So halfway and then halfway again. Still flipping, that's okay. We'll use the table of contents. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation has been in vain, and your faith has been in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified of God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have also died in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are all of all people to be most pitied. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have died... Let me pick it back up here at verse 30. And why are we putting ourselves in danger at every hour? I die every day. That is certain, brothers and sisters, as my boasting of you, a boast that I make in Christ Jesus our Lord, if with merely human hopes I fought the wild animals at Ephesus, what would I have gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. This is the word of the Lord. You know, Christianity is not a religion of teaching or ideas it's not good advice right in other words christianity is not a set of teachings that you that you believe and and if you obey them right and and if, if you if you are a good moral person right things will go well in your life christianity is primarily news we're not saved by what jesus said we're saved by what he did and it's not just any kind of news it's good news It's tremendous news. It's news that brings incredible joy, unbelievable joy. 
It's, it's the kind of news that's so good, right? You, you've got to post it on Twitter immediately, or you've got to post it on Facebook immediately. Have you ever noticed that? You know, there, there are things in our, in our life that, that, if, that if it's really good, right, we've got to share it. And if you're on Facebook, you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, for some of you, you like to post all the time. I know my wife and I, we just welcomed our, our, our third child, baby boy, uh, number three. Anyway, we, we welcomed him in, and, and there's all these rules, right? My wife said, don't put it on Facebook yet. Well, why not, right? We're getting excited. The news is so good. No, I want to put it on Facebook because I did the work. You did nothing, right? And so, and, and so she's wanted to share, right, because the news was so good. And she said, hey, I want to let everyone know, right? And the, and the more precious news is to us, the more that we want to share it. I mean, some people post stuff about their kids every five minutes. And I want to be like, your kid is not that cute, to be honest with you. <laughs> Little memo, you know. But, but no, it doesn't matter because to them, their kids are adorable. They're precious. They're wonderful. And the news about them is news that they want to share. The gospel is news. It's about what Jesus has done in history, right? Tim Vink talks about how the gospel is around six points of history, right? The, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the ascension of Christ, the arrival of the Holy Spirit, and then the return of Christ, right? It's It's a beautiful story of what it is that God has done, how he has plunged himself into history, becoming one of us to redeem us and to make us into a new creation, right? A new humanity, bringing God's blessing and reconciliation to the ends of the earth. This is the gospel. It's not a bunch of rules that we have to follow. I can't follow rules. I don't do them, right? No, I need news. I need good news. And that news rests so much upon the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ, when he came on this earth and lived the life that we should have lived, died the death that we should have died, was resurrected. There is something about the resurrection that brings tremendous power. Now, a lot of people think the resurrection is something that we just look forward to one day, right? That's kind of, you know, you know when the roll is called up yonder, if you're, if you're an old hymn kind of person, right? I'll be there, right? You know, one day, way out there, one day, you know, there'll be a resurrection, right? And, and something we look forward to one day. But is, a, is the resurrection of any use here on this earth? Right here, right now, in Tulare, in the Central Valley, as we think about a gospel movement and as a kingdom movement, is the resurrection, does it have value now? See, what you've got to understand about the resurrection and what Paul is making clear is that, is that the resurrection is not, oh, Jesus just came back to life. Isn't that nice, right? You know, I used to think that when I was a kid. I thought, well, yeah, it just means that, that Jesus comes back to life and, uh, and great. So he died and he, and he came back, right? So that's great. It's nice to have him here. But it's funny, a few months ago, there's a, there's a new couple in our church that, that just accepted Christ and uh, uh, the, the woman understood the resurrection better than most theologians. She said, well, now Jesus, it sounds like he wasn't resuscitated. He didn't just come back to life. He was resurrected to a brand new life altogether. See, the resurrection is not, I just come back again as me. Uh, some of you, that might be really depressing, right? I mean, some of you look at yourself, you know, wow, I get an eternity like this. And even when we think that, you know, everyone here is really good looking, so we don't have to worry about this. But, but you know, some of us, you go into the mirror, and, and I can say this now because I'm well into my 30s, that, that um, you know, I'm starting to feel older, you know. And, and so I look in the mirror now, and, and I put the light on, 
wow. <laughs> the brighter the light, the more depressing it is. You know, you see all the problems, right? Okay. I don't want to come back to this body. I want to be resurrected into something new, into a new life. And Jesus, as Paul says here, is the first fruit of the resurrection of those who have died. Jesus shows us what a new life is, a new resurrection body, something more beautiful and something more wonderful that will never decay, that will never get old, that will live forever and ever and ever in beauty. See, Jesus points us to that in light of the resurrection. Do you know what that means? There's something beyond this. We're not just here for the 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years that we may have. There's something that is beyond this, right? Now, how helpful is that to know that there is something beyond this? Because you see, if this is all there is, then things are really limited, right? I mean, you only have a certain number of hours, certain number of minutes, only a certain number of seconds to make your life count. You've got to be very protective with your time if, all, if this is all there is, right? You've got to be careful what relationships you have, right? You've got to be careful what choices you make. You've got to be careful about everything that you do, right? Because you're limited. But not only if you believe this is all there is, are you limited in your time, you're limited in a lot of other areas as well, right? There's only so much of a career you can have. There's only so much of a family you can have. There's only so much money that you can have, right? It's limited, One of the reasons why people don't want to think beyond themselves, right, is because they don't have enough to be able to give. We need to hold on to what it is that we have, right? We feel like we're at our capacity. (laughs) I've been feeling that this last week. (laughs) You know, my uh, my wife and I, like I said, we we gave birth to our our third child, uh, nine pounds, 12 ounces, uh, all natural, so just so you know. Uh, the one before that was 10 pounds, 4 ounces, natural, just so you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, there, there's, there's something about when you have kids, right, that, that, that in the beginning, you, you think everything's going to go just great <clears throat> and smooth, and, uh, and, you know, you have your one, and it's like this little pet that you have, and, uh, and you're so cute, and everything's, a little, everything's just so fascinating about it, right, in the beginning. Oh, he's so cute, look what he, look what, is a she, look what she does, look what she makes, oh, she smells great, everything. You, know, you get to the third one, and you're like, what did we just do? Uh, what do we have here? All of a sudden, there's this whole new level of chaos where, you know, before, like, I was sort of the expert parent when I had one. Like, I would, I would watch what everyone was doing. We'd go out to eat and say, can't keep their kid quiet. They need to read a couple more parenting books. Yeah, maybe I should teach a seminar. You have the third one. Wow. You realize how dumb you were, right? I realize now that, that I'm at, I've, I've got nothing left, right? I, I don't know what sleep is. Forget about it, right? And, and then, of course, I'm not even like in the right status because then somebody else will say, well, have four. So you try that. Go have five, right? So I can't even really talk. But what I do know, right, is that I always feel like with the kids that I have, I don't have any more to give, right? And when we just think of ourselves as just this life and the life that we live, we have nothing more to give. But Christ, in fact, has been raised from the dead. And therefore, verse 30, it says, why are we putting ourselves in danger every hour? I die every day. That is as certain, brothers and sisters, as my boasting of you, a boast that I make in Christ Jesus our Lord. If with merely human hopes I fought with wild animals in Ephesus, what would I have gained by it? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. 
Christ shows us a life that is beyond ourselves, right? Christ reveals that to us and draws us in to a new source of power, resurrection power. Do you realize that the power that resurrected Christ from the dead is within you right here and right now? It's not something that you have to go after. It's not something that you have to work for or something that you have to earn because Jesus did it for you. And that means that in Christ, right, do you know how much time we have? We have eternity. There's no limit on the amount of time that we have, right? There's no limit on that. We have all of eternity. And and if we are in Christ, right, the Bible says that he became poor so that we might be made rich. In Ephesians, he says, we became the children of God. Do you know what that means? (laughs) I mean, for real? Guess what? You're rich. You are loaded, right? And I'm not talking with Federal Reserve notes. Those are worthless. They keep printing them, right? You are loaded with kingdom currency and kingdom power. A child of God. You have all the resources that you need. You have all the time. You have eternity, right? That means every relationship is precious, right? Everything you have is wonderful and in abundance. See, when you know that you have, right, you're able to give. When you know you have eternity, you can give a couple of hours, right? <laughs> you got the time, right? When you know that you are rich in God's kingdom, you know, and you know that everything belongs to him, you know that anything you put into God's kingdom, you have plenty. You'll never lack, right? You know that in relationships, you can invest in a new relationship with someone that doesn't even know Jesus. Why? Because you have all of the affection of the one who made you upon you, pleased with you, loving you, wanting to use you. But see, you will never live a life beyond yourself until you realize that beyond yourself there is life. And that life is the life that we find in Christ Jesus. Do we want to be a place that just says, let's just just stick to my own little world, my own little activities, my own little clubs, my own relationships, right? My own little world. Or do we want to see what God has for us beyond? Now, Tulare Community Church has a legacy, right? You already have a legacy. The ministry that you've done over the last 50 years, the way the kingdom has been multiplied over the years is extraordinary. But do you think God is done with you? Do you think that this is the end for Tulare Community Church? Or do you think this is the beginning, right? Do you think that there is more that God has for you? That there are more places in this valley and beyond that need the presence of Christ to intercede and to redeem those communities and neighborhoods? Do you believe that the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit is with us and that we can take this beyond anything and that we can change a 375-year-old Dutch denomination into something that looks and reflects the kingdom of God? I certainly do. And that's why I look at this place with such fondness and joy in my heart. Because we are here to live beyond ourselves. You will never live life beyond yourself until you realize that beyond yourself there is life. I want you to think about right now. What are you the most worried about? 
What scares you the most? These last four years, I know, have been difficult in our valley in so many different ways. We have people in Sacramento that, that like to destroy us. And we have people uh, outside that want to bother us, right, and take from us. And there's all kinds of challenges that we face, right? What are you going to draw from? Are you going to draw from your efforts? Are you going to draw from your abilities? Or are you going to draw from the treasury that you have in heaven? See, Christians are the ones that operate in the energy and passion and power of the next life in this life right here and right now therefore we can be happy people (laughs) we can laugh like pastor roger (laughs) all right we we can we can we can have joy like you wouldn't believe we can do things you couldn't even imagine why because we're drawing from the resurrection and we're living in its power now may Tulare community church continue to be the light that shines and says there are greater things that are yet to come there is more that that we are able to do there is more that we can see there is life beyond ourselves and we believe it and we live in it and we rest in the power of the holy spirit may you Tulare community church continue to move forward in that and i would just like to say to all of you what a blessing and encouragement that you have been to me and uh, as i think about my own journey how proud I am to say that I've been part of this church. I mean, when I go to the motherland, you know, Michigan, uh, and, and, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and I tell people, oh, yeah, I'm with Celeric Commission. Ooh, 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 TCC. Oh, yeah, we know about that, you know. I mean, when, when I get to hang out with Tim Vink, right, you know, hide behind the Viking, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a powerful thing, right? You're just thinking, wow, because this is the legacy that you are. May God bless each and every one of you and continue to use you as you advance his kingdom. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It is full of living power. We thank you for the gospel. It is good and joyful news. And we thank you for the resurrection, which you have accomplished for us, Lord Jesus Christ, being the first of the resurrection, so that we might live in the power of the resurrection today. I thank you for the wonderful people here. My brothers and sisters, this family, of Tulare Community Church. We just thank you for their vision and their commitment to your kingdom. I thank you for all the people that have been brought into your kingdom through Tulare Community Church. Their influence is reaching just beyond this city and beyond the valley, but in the entire denomination. And we thank you for it. Fill us now with your spirit and empower us to see there is life beyond ourselves. Beyond ourselves, there is life. May we live and walk in that today. For it is in Christ's name we ask. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.